All right, welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church, where we dig further into the message from Sunday, explore how to apply it to our lives, and offer a practice that will help us engage in prayer and grow in relationship with God. I'm Chris Kopp, one of the pastors here, and with me is Pastor Tiffany Malloy. Tiffany, how are you doing this week? Chris, I am doing well. Listen, um, so last night, um, we have some good friends in town, and they took our kids for the whole evening. They stayed overnight at our friend's house. We were able to sleep in this morning. It was so fun. We ended up actually um, going out to dinner um, for the first time since COVID started. And so that was a bit of a surreal experience because we ate indoors um, at one of our favorite restaurants. And yeah, so it was really fun. And then of course, as all good dates end, uh, we went to Menards and (laughs) bought some paint. So um, painted a wall last night. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How's that navy blue working out for Uh, you? It's trouble. (laughs) I'll be actually going to Menards right after this to get a different color. To get a different color? Yeah. Wow. It was rough. It was, I almost cried. So, I mean, it's a a paint color, right? But... (laughs) Anyway, we're fine. So, but I'm feeling good, refreshed this morning, excited to be here and um, for this conversation. So good. And you might have recognized his voice. And this week we're welcoming in Daniel Owen, the lead pastor of Blackhawk Fitchburg. So thanks for joining us, Daniel. Yeah, man. I'm really glad to be here. Excited. Right now, I'm not struggling with the colors on my wall mm. quite as much as yeah. Tiffany, but I understand the battle that is. <laughs> of like, you see it in the store yeah. and you think yeah. this is the one. Then you put it on the wall and you're like, no. It's not the one. All right. Well, we're on track to being uh, about a 60-minute podcast this week. So let me let me move us along. But before we jump in with Daniel, another reminder to check out the message from, from Pastor Matt on Sunday about Jesus as the one who satisfies your soul. Um, so be sure to give that a listen if you haven't already. And this week, we're going to talk with Daniel for a bit about the importance of spiritual practices and rhythms in this season. And then Tiffany will lead us through a reflection on, this, on the feeding of the 5,000. Um, But before we do that, Daniel, it's become tradition at this point to start off with kind of a fun get-to-know-you question. So you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Your question is, would you rather eat at Chick-fil-A for free for the rest of your life or have the ability to magically make any homemade meal appear before your eyes, but you have to pay for the ingredients? I mean... Look, Chris, you know me too well. You know I love Chick-fil-A. The truth is, tough question. I mean, Chick-fil-A is a great place. It has kind of nostalgia in my life. And uh, But to be honest, one of my things is I love to cook. I like the process of cooking. I've been working on learning how to make steaks better. So I've been working on brining and some different things. And so, I don't know. I like, I'm going to say free Chick-fil-A because it's just great. And, uh, but I also just love the process of cooking. I actually think it makes food taste better when you prepare it because you're like, you're getting all the seasoning, you're getting all the smells and all the spices. It's good stuff. So that's my answer. That's awesome. All right. Well, um, jumping back in on Sunday, right? Matt talked about how Jesus is, you know, the one who ultimately satisfies us. But in order to experience that satisfaction, I think we need to both learn to set aside things that can only temporarily satisfy us and then also learn to foster an appetite and hunger for God. So to do that, there are these things that we call spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, things like prayer, being engaged in scripture, solitude, practicing Sabbath, the list goes on, right? There's a lot of them. Um, These things that help us to grow in relationship with God and ultimately help us to become more satisfied in Him. And so Daniel, I know 
that God has been doing some really cool things in your life um, over these past six months, deepening your understanding of these practices. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that, um, as well as how your experience has kind of overflowed into how you and your team have been leading the Fitchburg community. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for, for sharing. And thanks for the chance to just kind of share a little bit of that that story. Um, you know, when COVID really uh, kind of kicked in in a sense of for us nationally there in what, March 15th, mm-hmm. I think that was when we decided not to do services that Sunday. You know, a lot just kind of happened, right? For all of us, our, uh, you know, our rhythms changed, things kind of rocked. And, you know, for me at first, I, I don't know, maybe I was like many people thought, okay, this will be a couple months. We'll see what it's like. And, you know, I'm a person who enjoys having a lot of fun. So like, you know, for the first good few weeks or even kind of the first month of, of COVID there, I found myself just, you know, watching a lot of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even picked up like games on my phone, you know, <laughs> just like what is fun and somewhat distracting yeah. from all of the, you know, kind of hard things that were going on. And I just got to a spot where I did a little bit of a personal inventory of like, hey, how am I doing with God? You know, mm-hmm. yes, I uh, am a somewhat, you know, you can call a professional Christian in a sense of pastor, but yeah, I have a relationship with God just like anybody else. And that relationship mm-hmm. with God needs to be fed and it needs to be something that I focus on. And, you know, I've had good rhythms, but everything with COVID just kind of shook that. And, um, and so I stepped back after a little while and just was like, hey, man, like I'm not, I'm not really spending the time with God like I need to. I'm not really doing the things that I even did before COVID. Uh, I'm not doing those things now. And yeah, I feel farther from God. Mm-hmm. I feel like the rhythms of what I had in life and the rhythms of things got out of whack and I haven't set new rhythms. And those, and because of that, I'm just kind of allowing, you know, whatever's fun, whatever's like in the urgent moment to just kind of capture that. And there was even some periods of like real, like, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say like mild depression or whatever, but there were definitely Mm -hmm. days of just like, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do certain things. And it was just this real kind of lowness. And so I said, man, like this just isn't, this isn't okay. And so, you know, I just took, like I said, an inventory of stuff. And then I started just moving towards God in little ways, just mm-hmm. trying to like, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes here. I'm going to try to just read this and just kind of establish some new rhythms. And about that time, um, my wife, who uh, is an amazing woman, you know, has said, hey, like, why don't we read like a book together or do something like that? And Mm -hmm. honestly, there had been a book she's been wanting me to read for like, (laughs) I don't know, six months prior to this. And so I was like, you know, (laughs) now is the time. I've kind of run out of excuses at this point. So (laughs) let's just do it, you Mm -hmm. know? And it was a book that really focused on what does it mean to be a disciple? And that just really spurred on a a real, um, I don't, you know, I, I guess reflection of my own discipleship. Like, who am I in Christ? Am I being the disciple that I want to be? What does that look like? And then that in turn moved to, okay, like I need to be spending time with God. I need to be being with him. Yeah, it's good to read scripture and pray. And I, you know, we're doing those things, but it's also just being with God and listening. Mm -hmm. And I found that yeah, the connection over time got better. And more than just the connection, the thirst for God. Mm. The thirst for God grew Mm. a lot. 
And, uh, and that, you know, just continued to lead to things. So while this was kind of happening in me, I actually was talking to my team at Fitchburg about it. And many of them were feeling the same thing. They were feeling a disconnect from God. They were feeling like the lack of church services, which is a great rhythm, had just kind of messed up things. And what we kind of realized is that, you know, the Christian services are an important and valuable rhythm, but they're not the only rhythm. And I think for a season, well, for a large part of our, our Christian growth, I will say for myself, has been going to church and doing church things. Yeah. And now all of a sudden that's not there. And yet what the hope is, is like, that's not what it means to be a follower of Christ is just go to church. There's so many other things that pour into our life. And so, so we as a team decided to, hey, let's, let's, this is an opportunity for us to strengthen other practices in our faith. And so we tried to create, uh, we created something we called Rhythms, which was a six week study on six different types of practices that people can do to engage God, to engage their relationship with God. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. It was, we learned a lot. Um, you know, there's no, uh, you know, it's not, every practice doesn't always turn out the same in a sense of like, you know, it's just different for different people. And so, but we did have people who did it. We had a number of people who did it. And we had people tell us back like, hey, this was helpful. It helped me listen to God. It helped me engage scripture in a different way. And I mean, that's, that's really it, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's everything. It's engaging God. That's what everything is all about. So yeah, I'm very much, uh, I'm very much still on a journey of learning, but I definitely feel like I'm going in a direction and I'm, I'm looking to, to continue to go in a direction where I thirst and hunger for God more. So mm. anyway. Yeah, thanks for your honesty with that. I, I love what you said about like, how can you take little steps toward yeah. God? Like I think sometimes, especially in this season, I can relate with a lot of what you said. It's like, all right, I got to make wholesale sweeping changes to my life. Well, well, maybe, but like how can we take small steps toward God daily? Like what does it look like to say yes to God in this moment and just make little steps toward that one bit at a time rather than having to feel like we got to jump into the deep end right away. Um, just just get our feet wet and, and see what happens from there. Um, so Daniel, I'm wondering if there are, are certain practices in particular maybe in this season that have um, been really helpful for you or become more important to you. Um, could you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I think one of the best practices, well, it has been the best practice for me, but honestly, I think it's generally one of the best practices for many is silence and solitude. We live in a world that is constantly fighting for our attention. And the truth is we have more, we have invited more ways for the world to get our attention than ever before. I mean, we have phones. I mean, even, you know, like we have phones that are sending us texts. I'm looking for news feeds. I mean, it's just telling me right away. I'm not even asking for it and it's just sending it to me. You know, we have readily available like TVs and all sorts of stuff everywhere. So there's just so much noise and messaging going on in our lives that I just don't think we realize. And so, you know, for me right away, like I just was like, like I said, I was gonna take 10 minutes and just be quiet for 10 minutes. That's just really where things started was just being quiet for 10 minutes. And I just found like, wow, okay. Like I can, I can move some things around. The orientation of my mind was more centered. You know, I'm not, I didn't necessarily hear great, amazing statements from God, but, mm. but I did feel more settled. Mm. I did feel more open to listening. I did feel more like, okay, I'm not rushing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. 
and I also didn't, I felt this way. I, I think this was important and why solitude has been important for me. I'm just easily distracted. I mean, I just am. And when I'm easily distracted, it also means I'm probably not attending to the things that's going on in my soul. You know, because to, to be honest, I think the soul can be a scary place. And, and uh, sometimes I don't want to look at what's mm -hmm. going on. But I think we forget how much God is in that place and, and that he wants to address the wrestling in a loving, kind, and gentle way. And yet sometimes I just, I don't know, like I didn't always let him tend to it. It was easier to, to just flip on the show, throw on a podcast, you know, do those things. Those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with them. But just sometimes, I don't know. I think, well, for me, I was finding the quiet was allowing me to tend to the restlessness that was kind of going on in me. And, and honestly, once that started to settle down, just things, there was just more rest. There was more energy for other things. So, okay, so Daniel, we, um, I know Chris and I both have interacted with a number of people over the past couple of months that are either brand new to faith or in the midst of all this are drawing a line in the sand and just saying, hey, I really want to grow in my relationship with God. Um, I want to take faith seriously in a new way. So for the person that is just starting out, um, can you give some pointers, um, some recommendations? What does that 10 minutes look like? You said you put away your phone and you're in silence but is there other things how would you recommend them kind of going forward yeah I think <clears throat> I think the key is start small because mm -hmm. um, I think if you start having small success and mm -hmm. you start to experience like oh like oh, I actually do feel better yeah. then it will encourage you to continue so I think a couple of things uh, you know I'm doing the reading plan that's three months like at Blackhawk we're offering uh, different plans you can read the Bible and one month, or you can read it in three months. Well, I'm doing the one in one month uh, because I just feel like I want to spend time reading, but also just want to be quiet for a period of time or whatever. So I think start small, find things that you feel like, what's, what's one thing, what's two things that I can do? Mm -hmm. You know, in a given week, let's say you've never done any silence and solitude at all. Right. In a given week, maybe you just find one morning, you're going to take like 20 minutes for that week. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then when you're in the, in the moment of silence and solitude, a couple things. First off, your mind's going to run all over the place. Why wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. It's being all sorts of things are communicating with it all the time. So, mm -hmm. of course, it takes time for it to settle down. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's okay. So maybe bring a notepad or I even sometimes like have just something where I'll write down like, oh, okay, this was on my mind. Like sometimes they think, oh yeah, I need to make sure and send that email or look that up. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Just write it down. You don't have to spend time thinking about it anymore. Just write it down so that you don't forget. Okay, write it down. And then, and then just, I don't know. I've just been trying to learn. Like I said, I'm learning. I haven't arrived. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know if I know anything yet. I just feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I'm learning things. And so I feel like the more you just invite and learn to be with God versus trying to do things so much, I don't know. It seems to help um, at least the slowing down and the centering and uh, yeah, just the quieting of all the, the wrestling that's actually happening in you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I think start small. Like I said, don't worry if you need to take a note, just take a note, put it over there. It'll be there when you get done. And then I think, I think if we invite God to it, I think uh, he'll show up. Mm. So it's good. 
I think on the other hand, maybe born out of my own experience over the last few years of the person right now who might be thinking, well, Daniel, you know what? Like, I feel like I've been doing all the right things. I've been reading my Bible regularly, trying to spend time in prayer, tracking with the services online, all that kind of stuff. But it just doesn't feel like it's working right now. I feel distant and disconnected from God, kind of like I've, I've hit a wall. What would you say to that person? I know that's a, a difficult question, but um, are there any other practices or things you've been learning that have been extra tools in your toolbox, so to speak, or just things that have helped you engage with God in a more meaningful way? I think, I think it is a hard question, and I have been in that season, and uh, I've been in those moments as well. And there isn't necessarily any quick fixes as much as like really depending on the faithfulness of God and what we what we know him to be. Mm. We know him to be a loving God. We know him to be a God that wants relationship with us. We see that all throughout scripture. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, especially, I, I don't know, in my experience, sometimes I got wrapped up in the doing. I got wrapped up in the, okay, read the scripture, pray. And the spirit that I was entering that time with was like, okay, that's the thing I need to do. And that's really not the end. The end in our faith is not to read the scripture and it's not to pray. The end is being with God. Mm. The means to that end is reading scripture and prayer. So, I mean, I would encourage you to take the frustration you have of not feeling connected with God. Take the, you know, whatever that is and take it to God and just say, God, I, I'm gonna, I'm frustrated. Like, I wanna sit with you. I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand why I'm not, experiencing you in the way that I hear somebody else talking about it or what I see in scripture, like help me, help me understand. I think, you know, I think, uh, I think that's a big thing. You know, people used to tell me, oh, they're wrestling with God or they're angry with God with something. And, you know, sure, like, I, I think we need to be aware of what that looks like. But if you're wrestling with God, you know what that means? You're actually engaging him because you can't wrestle with someone unless you're engaging them. So, I think the important is engaging with God and being with him. I think, you know, putting down the expectations of like, okay, if I'll do this, he'll do that. Mm -hmm. We don't have a transactional relationship mm -hmm. with God, but we have a loving God who wants a relationship with us. So I would encourage us to just take that real frustration and, and practice being with him in it. I don't yeah. know. That's great. Yeah, maybe to add my own encouragement, um, a lot of people probably haven't done um, some of these practices like silence and solitude that you've been talking about. So uh, even just pressing into some of these other things that might feel a little bit weird at first or might feel difficult, but trying to learn some of these other practices that um, might yeah, help us to connect with God in a, in a new kind of way. So we're trying to do some of that kind of stuff at the end of these podcasts with these practices. Tiffany will do one in just, um, in just a moment. Go back and listen to the one from Adam and Alicia Penning. They took us through the prayer of examine last week. So check that out if you didn't get to do that. Uh, but we're not the first people to mm -hmm. ever experience mm -hmm. these things. Christ followers have experienced this kind of wrestling for hundreds of years. And um, thankfully, there are prayers and practices and things like that that we can um, tap into and utilize that, that might be helpful in mm -hmm. a season like this. Can I, can I just offer one other thing, thought too? So I know we've talked a lot about like things you do on your own, but we're not meant to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can't go to Christian services right now, but we can 
tap, you know, a friend of ours mm -hmm. or someone else who's wanting to grow or has desire to try anything new. I don't think silence, silence and solitude is just you alone. I mean, yeah, you do that act alone, but I think it's good to reflect on what what you're getting from that with other people. And I think, I think, I don't know about you, but when I hear about other people, even if I'm not in a season where I feel like, oh man, I'm really having all this cool stuff. If I'm hearing from other people, like that's inspiring and that's mm -hmm. helpful. And that, you know, that reminds me of all the things that are going on there. So yeah, I know we're spending a lot of time, we're talking about different practices and these are things you kind of do on your own, but we don't do them alone. Mm -hmm. um, we do them with others and we can talk about that with others. Yeah. And I think to add to that, you know, I went through an experience years ago of how I felt really disconnected from God. And it wasn't just like a few months, but it was actually a few years where it was, I was fresh out of seminary. You would think that I would be kind of on my game with God, but yet I found that I would do all the right things, right? Spend uh -huh. time with him. And yet I felt like there was this like giant wall of rocks between me and him and it lasted for a while. And so I think that that's actually an experience that many people have um, eventually. Uh, and we don't really talk about it that much. And uh, so I do think that they're like these practices Many of them were helpful in helping me to connect with God in, in new ways, but also with people, right? So um, I had a great group of friends. I had my husband around me who, um, even when you're walking through those seasons where it feels dry, where God feels so far away, I think the community is so important in helping just to keep you just kind of, you know, I imagine us in water and just like, hey, I'm going to have my arm around you. I'm keeping you afloat because that's what we do for each other. And so um, just the value of community and knowing that we probably have people in our lives that are feeling that same thing, but feel like they can't share mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. community is incredibly important. Yeah, if yeah. that's you in this season, you have permission to to go through that and to to wrestle through with God. Um, no one's going to think less of you for um, having those feelings of disconnection, and we're we're here to help if we can help in any way. That's right. All right. Well, Daniel, as we wrap up the conversation today, are there any other kind of last bits of wisdom or encouragement uh, resources that maybe you want to encourage people to use? Um, as we as we kind of wrap up yeah i mean i think my i think the main encouragement i think throughout scripture what i tend to see is that when we are thirsty for god like he he is there to quench that and so i think i don't know i think praying about like lord help me to thirst for you help me to thirst to know you more help me to thirst to to spend time with you more and then i honestly for me the most uh helpful thing has been allowing myself to uh, just be okay with being with God, like attending versus trying to do for or, or trying to be like expectations of receiving, just attending. I don't know, just entering that has given a lot of freedom. Uh, some reads, you know, there's a lot of different books out there. Um, one of the books that, well, it's the book that my wife recommended and that, uh, <laughs> that I did read and has honestly impacted a lot of this journey uh, was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I think he talks about um, what does it really mean to be a disciple of Jesus and how these practices help us to follow Jesus really well in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really practical. It's funny and it's an easy read. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, thanks, Daniel. So, lesson learned: listen to your wife or yep. or your spouse <laughs> if you have one. Read That's the great. book. Just read the book. Read, just read ask the you book. to read, read a book. book. Read the book. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Daniel. So many uh, good just nuggets of wisdom there. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, the Fitchburg team posted a series of videos about some of those rhythms that Daniel just talked about. So, um, we'll post those links uh, in the show notes if you want to check those out. Um, you can find the show notes wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website. Um, so, thanks, Daniel, for for talking us yeah. through that. Yeah, no, thank you guys. It's great. So at this point, uh, maybe you can hear the rain in the background, which is perfect because we're going to go into this reflection that Tiffany is going to lead us through um, that, again, is hopefully just a helpful tool as we spend time trying to immerse ourselves in Scripture and not just Scripture, but in God's presence. So we're actually going to go back to one of the passages that Pastor Matt talked about on Sunday and try to use our imaginations to place ourselves in that story and in the crowd as Jesus fed the masses. So hopefully you can carve out the next 10 minutes or so to take this in and then go ahead and make yourself comfortable. And let's go to Tiffany as she takes us back to the first century and into the crowd surrounding Jesus. So as we enter into this reading together, I just wanna encourage you to take a moment to quiet your heart and your mind. Um, If you find that you have some thoughts or anxieties still kind of swirling from the day, if kind of the conversation that we just had, um, kind of you have some thoughts that that are hanging out there, I just wanna encourage you, feel free to press pause and to give yourself an extra minute or two just to, to settle your thoughts and being able to focus on God. So as you take some deep, slow breaths, um, ask God to help you focus your heart and your mind on Him over these next few minutes as we immerse ourselves in this story together. I'm gonna start out by reading John 6, one through 15. And as I read, I invite you to close your eyes, to sit back and just listen to the story. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was gonna do. Philip answered him, well, it would take more than a year, half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each person to have even a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Oh, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. 
Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So next I'm going to read through the story again, this time pausing at different points to allow some time for you to reflect. And as I read, I encourage you to imagine yourself experiencing this story firsthand. Put yourself right there in the middle of the story. What are the sights? What are the smells? What are the sounds that you're experiencing around you? So here we go. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they had seen the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. So take a moment to imagine the scene. What do you see around you? What do you smell? Do you hear anything? As you see the great crowd of people following Jesus, what expressions do they have on their faces? Are they feeling tired? Or maybe are they feeling seeing eager and expectant? When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already knew, had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Imagine yourself in Philip's shoes. The crowds are approaching hundreds, thousands of people. You've seen, you've been with Jesus for a while, but you find yourself still amazed by the sheer size of the crowd that flocks after Jesus. Today, your stomach grumbles and you're thinking about dinner. Jesus turns to you and asks you, Philip, what's our dinner plan? How do you feel about Jesus asking you that question? And what's your response to him? Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? So now imagine that you're Andrew, and you overhear Jesus asking Philip what the plan is for dinner, and Philip doesn't really seem to have any ideas. So you quickly look around and speak up with the first thing that you can think of, a little boy's lunch. But even as you say it, as you suggested to Jesus, you think it might sound crazy. How are you anticipating that Jesus is going to respond to your suggestion? And then how did that little boy respond when you offered his lunch? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same thing with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, 
gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Imagine that you're the boy whose mom packed a lunch to take along with him on his adventures for the day. Why did you decide to follow Jesus around that morning anyway? Was it curiosity? Wonder? Maybe you had seen Jesus heal one of your family members? And what did you think would happen when Jesus took your lunch as a solution to feed all those people? And then when Andrew handed you back a basket of bread after feeding everyone, what were you thinking and feeling as you walked back home? How would you explain what just happened to your mom? After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So finally, take a moment to imagine yourself from Jesus' perspective. What are you overhearing as you walk around, people sitting in circles on the ground, finishing up their meal? How are you feeling as you look over that crowd? So as we conclude this reading, I want to ask you to consider this final question. What might God be speaking to you about who He is through this story? And take a few minutes to talk to God about these things. Well, thanks so much for engaging in this practice with me. My hope is that this time was helpful for you and that you can use this method of reading scripture on your own as you're spending time with God, just like we talked about today. Um, For me, this method of imaginative reading is particularly helpful um, when I'm reading a passage that I'm familiar with and I find myself really having trouble getting beneath the surface and seeing God's word in a fresh way. And so y'all, again, our hope with sharing these practices each week is that you would be getting new tools that you can use to connect with God in your daily lives, that you would be encountering Him in just real ways in your real life and that you would actually experience true satisfaction in Him. All right. Thanks so much for listening this week. Join us for online worship this Sunday as Michael talks about Jesus as the vine. And then we'll see you back here next week when we'll hear from several of our worship leaders who will discuss some creative ways to worship in this season, and they'll lead us through a worship experience that you won't want to miss. So thanks, God bless, and have a great week.